This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9 is Cruise Control and my name is Ali Johan. Tonight I'm joined by our automotive specialist, Mr. Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, Ali. Thank you for having me back on the show. Uh, We've got a whole bunch of news uh, on the show tonight, but more importantly, a visit by the Chinese Vice President uh, recently, Daniel. That's the big news in the automotive scene, right? That is big news because why? For him to come all the way to Malaysia, it was for an automotive event. Mm. So that shows that they're making a big push here in terms of automotive brands. We'll wait and see how big that push is going to be, whether it's going to be bigger here or Indonesia and Thailand. We're going to discuss that a little bit later on on the program. Uh, But we've got some headlines of new releases, new cars and MPVs and SUVs in our country and in the region, as well as a global launch of a new Volvo MPV. That's all coming up on the show as well as a review of BMW i7, a really luxurious electric sedan, latest by uh, the BMW logo, right? It is the brand new 7 Series but in electric form, battery form. Awesome, right. That's all coming up on the program tonight. But first, some news headlines. Daniel, this week, the Prime Minister of Malaysia, Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim, he launched a full electric MPV, the Maxxis Mifa 9. They are a brand under the company Weststar, right? Yes, for Malaysia, it's Weststar that handles the Maxxis brand. We think that this launch could signal the Malaysian government to start using this electric MPV. Uh, Where are we getting this news from? Okay, so Weststar, to start with, has been around for many years right now. They're also AP holders. They also do uh, grey imports, uh, luxury cars. So Maxxis is their brand for, you know, like for Malaysia, they bring in these vehicles, they CKD, but it's all commercial vehicles. Until about a few years ago, they had a petrol-powered, two-litre turbocharged petrol-powered MPV. So they got into the, um, the, you you might say, the family market, you know, and they, they did okay. They sold a few. But what is interesting about Westar, Westar has got very good connections with the government of Malaysia. So in terms of commercial vehicles with the normal Maxxis vans, the diesel vans, you see them all over the place. You know, a lot of government departments use them, a lot of uh, town councils, even some companies. I mean, I'm sure you've seen some bread delivery vans from Maxxis, you know. Right, yeah. They're big, they can accommodate a lot of space. And these vans are also uh, sold globally. So it's not just a Malaysian uh, thing that's coming from China. So the vans are coming from China. Now comes... Maxxis getting back into the uh, family market, non-commercial market as you might say, mm-hmm. with a full electric MPV. This was a bit of a surprise because we heard about this vehicle two years ago from China when it was first introduced. And then last year, they started selling in China and it's doing very, very well. It's called the MIFA 9, full electric MPV. Now, if you look at it, at some angles, you'll think it's a large Honda Odyssey. Elongated but lowered. Yes, it's not like a Alpha, which is uh, relatively, how you say, upright, you know? It's a bit more streamlined. It's got nice, of course, you know, like all electric cars, very slim headlamps, uh, no grill, just a little bit of a nose, big mouth in front, you know, that, that signifies that it's a full electric vehicle. Interior, pretty decent. Uh, we have not had a chance to test drive it, so we don't know the, the full details. It was a surprise that, you know, uh, Westar said, hey, we're going to bring this into Malaysia. And they launched it at a very nice time. And the fact that they got the Prime Minister there, we are guesstimating that this would be the next, you know, government vehicle, as you would say. 
if you're going to go that way, so if all the ministers are going to start using electric vehicles and they need vans, they need MPVs, because why? They use it for work, they use it to cross the, the nation uh, on trips and meetings and whatever else. It just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of crossing the nations and going to, you know, the ends of the country, we're looking at the powertrain here. It's 90 kilowatt battery with a driving range of about 435 kilos. Right. So this, this battery can be fully charged uh, with a normal AC charger 8, uh, it'll take about eight and a half hours, which can be done overnight. Now, with a DC fast charger, it'll take about 30, 36 minutes to get from a 30% charge to a 80% charge, which is pretty decent. Not bad. So, if you're looking at a full charge, maybe about 45, 50 minutes, you know? Mm. We mentioned the size earlier. I mean, Streamline, it reminds me of either the Toyota Veloz and Alza. Is that in, in the same sort of size we're talking about here? No, no, no. I mean, in terms of looks, yes, it looks like a Veloz and Alza. But in terms of size, actual sheer size, it's more like the Kia Carnival. Oh. Yeah, it's not small. It's, mm. it's a huge vehicle. That, that is what I'm saying. Because of the, the, you see, if you look at the pictures, because it's not as tall and upright as an Alpha, it doesn't seem that big, right? Yeah. Yeah, but this is a big vehicle. So it's almost the size of the Kia Carnival. And the price, okay, there are two versions, the luxury variant and premium variant. Now, um, I think, you know, the government is definitely going to go for the premium variant. Why not? Because the price difference is only about 20,000 ringgit. So 269,888 for the luxury variant. And the higher premium variant is 289,888. So below 300,000 ringgit, which makes it cheaper than a brand new Alpha or its equivalent, the Wellfire. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more expensive than the Kia Carnival, which is diesel powered. And the government doesn't want to go into diesel power because they made a commitment to go either full electric or hybrid, right? Yeah. So I think this is the this is the vehicle of choice. Also this week, the arrival of the Hyundai Tucson, and now it's official. The order books for the fourth generation Hyundai Tucson have opened. It arrives in Malaysia in three variants. It's got two different engines as well. Now the Tucson is, you know, I, I have to say this: the you know, Hyundai have been teasing this vehicle for two years. Uh, when it first arrived in Europe a couple of years ago, we saw the pictures. We thought, wow, what a handsome looking vehicle, right? And if you think about it, if you take away that grill, I mean, if you say you flatten it and take away the little slits in it, you'll probably think this could be an electric vehicle, you know? Yeah. It's got a very futuristic look, slim line uh, headlamps, nice little uh, curved and, and muscular fenders. It, it's got all the elements that says I could be electric. But for Malaysia right now, they don't have a Tucson electric. So... What they're doing is they're giving us uh, two versions of the uh, petrol-powered engine, smart stream engine. Mm -hmm. And this, of course, they say there's three variants, but that is a trim variance. Sadly, because, you know, it's fully imported, they don't have local assembly yet. I think because the market is moving, you know, the SUV market is moving in so many directions right now, especially you've got, you know, a lot of Chinese brands coming in with very good pricing. That's right. Um, I don't think it's going to be local assembled. So the price is going to be a little bit high. So it starts at 159,000 ringgit. And then it goes up to 195,000 ringgit. So for 159,000 ringgit, you get a 2-litre normal aspirated Tucson. Then there's a Tucson Plus, which is 1.6 turbocharged at 178,000. Uh, that has got pretty good power, 180 PS and 265 Newton meters of torque. Then you got the 1.6 turbo max, and the max is basically the highest version they have. That's almost 200,000 because it's 195,888. So it's going to be a hard sell 
in our market right now because the competition from China is coming in at 40, 50,000 cheaper. Mm. So that sizable amount of money makes quite a big difference in this segment because there's no more uh, stigma of owning a made in China vehicle. Yeah, on top of that, there's also the Japanese brands in the same market, right? Yes. Uh, by next week, we'll be able to share with you the arrival of one big Japanese brand, Honda CRV. Yeah, that's really popular in this country. But Tucson is quite popular, at least the older models. I see them a lot on our roads. Yes. So I think for Hyundai in Malaysia, what they're saying is, we know certain vehicles will not sell that well in our current market situation. But never mind, we still want a full showroom flow. That means we want to have enough options in the showroom. Maybe they're looking at a sedan or a hatchback or bigger SUV, and suddenly they see this, say, oh, maybe I can live with this. Because like with every new model that comes out of Korea, they get slightly bigger, slightly more roomier, slightly more plusher. So, you know, someone maybe looking for a Hyundai Santa Fe, which is a bit more expensive, might say, actually, I don't need a big Santa Fe. I might, I might maybe, you know, make do with a Tucson. All right. So, uh, that's the arrival of the new Hyundai Tucson. Check it out in their showroom and also, you know, touch and feel, ask for a test drive. We are going to move on to some global headlines. This week in Thailand, another big Chinese automaker have entered the market there in Thailand and uh, they are Chang'an. Now, this was a bit of a, I would say, surprise because we did not guesstimate they coming in so quickly, mm. you know. Now, Chang'an has been in the region before. They've actually been in Malaysia also. Very small, very niche and a little bit disappointing because at that time, their vehicles were not very good in terms of quality, build, uh, engineering and all. Just like other Chinese uh, car brands, right. a decade ago, you know, nobody looked at them because they were not really that far ahead. And in fact, uh, you know, whenever they came into Malaysia or even the region, they just packed up and left after that. But now, they've moved forward in leaps and bounds. They're, you know, on par or even better than the, the, the current uh, popular brand. So, this has been a scary moment for established brands in the ASEAN region. And right now, I don't know if you know this, but ASEAN region seems to be the hottest bid for new vehicle purchases. I mean, the, the take-up rate for new cars are faster than most of other, other uh, regions because the money, the, the conversion rate, the need for new uh, vehicles, the need to own a vehicle in this region is much more exciting right now. So Chang'an has come back into ASEAN, but instead of going straight back into Malaysian market, they've decided to start up a huge factory in Thailand. For them to go into Thailand where you already have MG, which is a, a China-owned brand, uh, you already have, of course, Haval, Great Wall, Cherry and all, all already there, which means they're going to give them a little bit of a price war uh, because the Chinese car manufacturers have volume on their side and they have a lot, they're flush with cash so they can play this price war. So I'm hoping that this price war will filter down to Malaysia and give Malaysians better quality vehicles at lower prices. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, our region now, they're making right-hand drive cars, to their, what is usually a left-hand drive model, right? So that means yes, they're, they're yes. willing to expand in these countries. We have models that are uh, made specifically for our Southeast Asian region as well. I'm seeing some SUVs here. They've got mm. some sedan models and a big four-wheel drive pickup truck as yes. well under their... Yes. Under their and they brand. also have electric vehicles. Their market is huge enough. Uh, that's why they have all of these brands sprouting and releasing new models every week. And speaking of the big Chinese market... One big company also just launched uh, this week over there in China, Volvo. They have 
announced a global launch of the super luxurious electric MPV called the EM90. And we saw this, Daniel, as some kind of concept car a couple of years back. Now it's yes, come to reality. Yes, you're right. Now, when it was a concept car, a lot of people thought, ah, you know, it's not going to happen. This is just, you know, Volvo teasing the market or maybe, you know, because Volvo is owned by Geely, so they thought it's just Geely teasing the market. But they were not teasing. They were serious because Volvo theoretically has never had an SUV. I mean, they've had sports utility vehicles in terms of, uh, in, the, in the good old days, decades ago, a sports utility vehicle will actually be more like a station wagon mm. with, with off-road capability, right. you know, which Volvo did have, you know. Mm. Uh, but that wasn't very popular. And then, of course, you know, the SUV craze made it such that they were more, you know, upright, boxy vehicles. Now comes proper MPV. And, you know, for Volvo to say, listen, I'm going to give you an MPV, I'm shocking you, you know. This is like nothing else they've had, at least in this uh, generation. Never, never, never. It's called the EM90. That was a bit of a surprise to me because I thought they'll give it like a name, you know, like Vision or right. Family or, <laughs> or Cutie. You know? yeah. uh, maybe there's a reason. Maybe because it's, you know, uh, now owned by Geely, they prefer to go with this kind of naming. But whatever it is, it is one handsome looking vehicle. It says Volvo from the, from the word go. And it has all the elements of the current Volvo models, bits and pieces of it, all put all around the exterior of the vehicle. Now, the size-wise, from what I can tell, this is bigger than our current popular MPVs on our roads, you know? So if it's fully electric, like they've done, full electric, means it'll come in tax-free. Whether it'll come in before the end of the tax-free period of uh, December next year, uh, which is basically 13 months away, we are not sure yet. Mm. Because I'm sure now with the launch, global demands are just going crazy, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're starting it with China, but I'm sure it's going to sell well in the rest of the world, Europe especially. That means there might be a chance that we get it here in our country. I'm hoping it'll come in in the next, you know, six, seven, eight months. I'm sure they've already developed the right-hand drive version because even though Volvo sells a lot in, in left-hand drive countries, mm. like I said, you know, the right-hand drive market is picking up, especially ASEAN. And, you know, MPVs like this are actually sold better in ASEAN nations because the Europeans and the Americans are not big into large MPVs right now. They like them, but they like in America, they prefer their large American-based MPVs. In Europe, they might be interested, but, you know, they're still an SUV market and they're not into... Big boxy vehicles. If you if you if you look at the market segmentation, but in Asia, we are huge. We love this, you know. Yeah, sell very well. Interesting. That's the Volvo EM90. I think following suit from uh, most of their current models, uh, XC60, XC90. This one has the same naming convention, at least. EM90 is the latest Volvo electric MPV. Check it out online uh, on dsf.my if you want to see photos of it. You know, if you're looking to buy an MPV for your family, especially, it's really, really interesting uh, creation by Volvo. And I think that's all the headlines we have for this week's edition of Cruise Control. And we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to discuss the Chinese Vice President's visit to the Proton Plant in Tanjung Malim right here on Cruise Control, BFM 89.9.
BFM 89.9 You're listening to Cruise Control I'm Ali Johan Tonight with Daniel Fernandez Thank you for sticking with us uh, We've just gone through A bunch of headlines In the local and regional Automotive sector And um, recently His Excellency Hang Sheng The Vice President of China Made a visit to Our proton plant in Tanjung Malim This was part of his official visit to Malaysia The automotive sector were left wondering What was his true purpose With that visit Daniel, shed some light. Well, you know, the true purpose is simple. You know, um, Geely is big in Malaysia right now, okay? Mm. Because they're partnership with Proton. And Geely has got so many sub-brands uh, producing vehicles. Like, you know, they got Polestar, they got Zeker, they got Lincoln Co. Of course, they own Volvo. Yep. Um, and so, I think what, what happened here is, you know, um, I, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, some months ago, we mentioned about how, you know, DRB Highcom, which is uh, the other shareholder of Proton, is building this big, big infrastructure, automotive infrastructure in Malaysia. It's called AHTV. Now, AHTV is the Automotive High Tech Valley, um, which is uh, right now, Proton Tanjung Malim is already there. So they're going to expand it because there's a lot of land, a lot of resources available there. They're going to expand it and have a lot of, um, you know, new energy vehicle uh, production going on there. Right. So by being you know, associated with Geely, um, it's obvious that all these brands will be coming in. A uh, matter of time, okay? Uh, just like how when, when Proton first brought in the X70, followed by the X50, then the X90, then now they got the S70 sedan about to be launched. So this is just another, you know, extension of what China has planned for Malaysia and the region because why? AHTV will be a hub for ASEAN. So what Geely is trying to do, I think, is, you know, have such a big facility here that they'll be able to produce and export or maybe even send CKD packs from Malaysia to Indonesia, Thailand, Philippines, Cambodia, Myanmar, uh, you know, Australia, New Zealand, Fiji, maybe even as far as, you know, India, Sri Lanka, South Africa, we, we don't know yet. Ooh. But, you know, if it becomes a hub, can you imagine job opportunities? Can you imagine the kind of workforce will come in, the technology, the transfer and everything else? So the vice president of China to come here, it shows that, you know, the commitment that is being given to AHTV is massive. Gili is working with Proton over here in this country. And in terms of, I guess, market share, uh, where does Gili stand in China? Well, you know, because China is a big market, you have so many brands. That I, I think this, you know, the last time I, I, I checked with some with some people, there's like 280 Chinese vehicle brands, you know? Mm. Uh, some very small, some startups. I mean, I give you an example, Huawei is building cars, you know? Oh, you know, are they? Uh, mm. The cell phone companies, you know, the technology companies are building cars. Uh, pretty soon you'll hear Oppo building a car, Vivo, you know, all these Chinese tech brands. Mm. Um, M is building car brand, you know. Um, and and the, the traditional brands have expanded into sub-brands. Like we, we, we spoke just now about BYD having sub-brands. Uh, Cherry has sub-brands. Their, brands, their, their sub-brands are coming to Malaysia also. So now… If you put all that together, the, the Chinese market is massive and they're converting to new energy very quickly. Uh, they have incentives, they have price on their side, they have, they have purchasing power. So coming into to Southeast Asia and coming to Malaysia means they're expanding all that into the region, which is good because if you think about it, Geely is one of those brands which also has luxury brands within them, which is Volvo, mm. Polestar and of course Smart smart cars which is about to be launched in a week's time right? right so 
right now, Geely's involvement in Malaysia includes Proton and, of course, Smart, which is about to be launched. So, can you imagine if all these other brands came in? Volvo is already here for years, uh, but they are, they are running by themselves. Polestar is coming in. Link & Co. is coming in. Zeker, strong rumors coming in very soon. You heard it all here first. So, it just means that, you know, they'll have so many brands. They can dominate so many segments. And this automotive high-tech valley in Tanjung Malim, I mean, I imagine it to be massive uh, since we're already building protons there in the big proton yes. plant in, in, in Tanjung Malim. Do you think um, it could do with an education sector, like, you know, automotive colleges or universities that we can build but there? That's the thing. Maybe you didn't know about this, but DRB actually has an automotive college in Pekan. And they have, they have quite good capacity. It's not running at 100% capacity simply because a lot of students don't want to go to Pekan to study, you know. <laughs> but they have the facility. Mm. They actually have very good courses in terms of automotive technology, training, uh, research and everything else. It's difficult for them to expand if you don't have enough students going there. And I think part of the reason is because, you know, Pekan is a, is a small town. You know, when you talk about young people, they want to go and study in a big city. They want to study in a, in a big town. They want to study in a town where they've got a lot of, you know, activities outside of college, you know. Yeah. I mean, all this is probably already in play as we're, as we're speaking. Right. So, it, it means that, you know, they can take, DRB can take their college and expand it to one in Tanjung Malim. And I think, you know, the guys from, from Geely uh, will be happy to have lecturers or, or people of knowledge coming and sharing that with the students here. Because why? Once you get this population educated in the automotive sector, sector, especially new energy, producing new talent and also producing better quality vehicles in terms of assembly and CKD packs will be much easier. And if it comes through, it, you know, it'll serve our country really, really well. I think we'll leave it there for now. Vice President of China who recently went down to visit our Protons plant in Tanjung Malim and uh, we're going to come back with a car review so keep it right here on Cruise Control BFM 89.9 BFM 89.9 you're listening to Cruise Control my name is Ali Johan tonight together with Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my uh, we're down to our last part of our program tonight. We were discussing the Chinese Vice President's visit to the Proton Plant in, in, in Tanjung Malim, as well as a whole bunch of new releases locally, as well as the big market in China would suggest. Uh, there's a lot of cars coming from China into our region and our country. But tonight's review is a German car, Daniel. Yes, it's a German luxury electric car. Uh, with some uh, little bit of, um, I would say, I'll, I'll be bold enough to say a little bit of uh, British essence, you know. Ooh. So basically, this is the BMW 7 Series, the latest 7 Series, mm -hmm. but in full electric powertrain. So it's called the i7 and it's an M car. Uh, because, you know, M used to be BMW M Motorsports, but they've decided that, you know, we can use the word M if we give an electric car added performance and luxury and handling. So... The BMW i7 and the actual full name line, you know, because the model number, in case people want to find out, is the X-Drive 60. Okay? So, not a lot of people know this, but those who know, please uh, bear with me. Uh, BMW bought Rolls-Royce back in July 1998. Hmm. So, Rolls-Royce was, of, of course, you know, world's best automotive company, motor car maker, blah, 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 everything. But as the years progressed, they were not very profitable. Maybe they were making their cars too special or maybe you know the market was not right mm. or you know you know the depression came in in certain parts of the markets so of course they started losing money and you know 
after a while the british government couldn't keep them afloat anymore so they sold the brand and um, it was funny because bmw paid 66 million us dollars not for the whole facility they just paid for the name and the logo so the rights to use the logo and name 66 million us dollars i mean i think that's a bit insane but you know bmw has been a profitable company for many many decades so they knew what they were doing so mm. they took the company redesigned it they remade it they reintroduced it and what they did was they took a lot of bmw engineering put it inside you know mm. but they they still kept the facility in 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 england they they kept the the workforce the artisans the specialists and everything else they 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 kept it very british still so that people like you when you want to buy a rolls royce you still think you're buying a bit of britain you know what i mean right you can't tell Because that it, it has bmw parts in it exactly mm. now if you look very closely at the first uh, sort of you know bmw rolls royce model You'll notice a few buttons and switches only, very few uh, that were shared. Then, as they progress over the years, you know the BMW iDrive system, the very famous iDrive system, was slowly incorporated into a Rolls Royce. But still, a lot of people didn't notice it because why? They thought it was just a variation of what BMW was doing. Hmm. But actually, it was the same thing. So, as the years progressed and new models came out, a lot of BMW know-how, electronics, and all were going underneath. Meanwhile. Inside the cabin, it's all Rolls Royce. You know, the finest wood, the finest leather, the finest carpeting, the finest paneling, everything. Everything handcrafted, handmade, and hand chiseled. Yes, there is no robots involved in all this. It's all man-made. You know, some of them are still from the old factory. Right. You know, of course, you get new people still coming in. So all that said and done, now comes a new electric seven series. Now we know that BMW has got SUVs that are electric right now in the market. They're doing well. They've got the five series electric version, yep. and then soon there'll be more models coming in because they're moving slowly into a maybe fifty fifty or sixty forty electric and ICE company. They're not going hundred percent into electric cars yet. There was a deadline, but they've pushed the deadline just like every other car manufacturer in Europe because the demand for ICE cars are still there. So put all that aside. This is a full electric car. You also have a plug-in hybrid version for sale in Malaysia, and you have a petrol version for sale in Malaysia. Now. The reason for that is because not everybody wants an electric car. But let me explain to you about this particular BMW electric car. Mm. From the word go, you look at it, you know it's an electric car. The big menacing grill is not real, of course. Yep. You know because there's no engine there, <laughs> but it serves the purpose of telling you this is a BMW. Okay, three four years ago when this grill was first shown, this big menacing grill, everybody, including BMW owners, BMW future owners, said, ah, terrible, terrible, terrible. Now they all say, "Woo, I like," you know. Mm. So it's it it goes to show that you know you can have enough people saying they don't like something, but they'll slowly, you know, alter their <laughs> their beliefs and and desires and and, and embrace yeah. it. So it's been embraced. So when I was driving this vehicle anywhere, when anywhere, when from uh, from school kids, you know, secondary school kids, there's a school near my place. From from them to people on the street, when I parked the car, when I came out of the car, people loved the look of the car. They were snapping pictures, not on me, of the car. Couple of people did ask me, "Hey, is this a new BMW?" I said, "Yes." Oh, is it electric? I said, "Yes." So you know, people are starting to notice it, and it's sheer size, Ali. Sheer size. I parked it in three different parking lots, standard parking lots. I'm talking about curbside parking and, mm. and not shopping mall. It filled up line to line, left and right. In front, it peaked out almost, almost one feet out. My God, yeah, it has grown. But in fact, the new Seven Series is longer, wider, and and taller, right? Yes, so you know, 
This was the first problem I realized because the first place I parked, at that point, because it wasn't a busy car park, there was no car on my right. There was a car on my left. So I just parked, I followed the lines. You know, they got this 3D, three-dimensional parking aid and all that. So it's great. Yeah. 360 parking. Um, but then when I opened my door, I realized, I said, you know, I, I can't see the line because the line is actually underneath the door, you know? That's that's how wide the car is. Oh so now God. I can get out of the car. But what if a car came and parked next to me? I won't be able to get in. Yeah, trouble. And you know, getting in through the sunroof would be quite a funny sight, you know? It'll become, I'll become famous on TikTok. So, <laughs> so I had to think, should I leave the car there or should I move it? Now, if I move it, I have to find a parking spot where next to me is either grass... Or, you know, like a little curb and then where I can, you know, get out and get in without having problem, right? Mm. So, that's what I did. I had to move the, get back in the car, move out and do that. Now, the other two parking spots I got, they were relatively empty, you know, areas. So, I parked slightly further knowing that nobody will come and park on my left or right so I can get in. Now, this is when I realized I can't be driving this car. Mm. I can't buy this car. Because mm. why? This is a car that has to be chauffeur-driven. Because even if you take it to a shopping mall or any place where you have a valet, now the valet can park the car for you, but then he can't park a car next to you. Right. Okay, I got a question. You know, there are new electric cars where you can stand outside and use your remote to move it out of its box a little bit. Does this Yeah, you can car, do that with this car. You can, right. Maybe yeah. that's how you should be getting into your car from a parking spot. Yeah, but you know, that technology for me, I'm still not convinced. I'm, I, I will not use it yet, you know? Mm. Because if it, if, it, if it were to go a little bit wonky, a little bit, you know, if there's a disturbance in the signal or whatever, you're going to hit something, you know, or yeah. hit somebody, you know. This car takes up space. Yeah, this car takes up a lot of space. But the presence on the road, it's just, it's a sense of occasion. Like. I mean, you know, people look at you, people admire it because of the sheer size. And then I started realizing, because I was at a recent uh, Rolls-Royce event. And like I said, this car is it's associated with the brand. I realized that, you know, Rolls-Royce introduced a brand new electric car called the Scepter, right? I think the Scepter is based on this car. <laughs> Just to mirror the same thing in a different body. Yes. So, that is one, one thing which I'm quite sure of, which, I'm, which also means Rolls-Royce is not going to be happy about what I'm saying right now because they like to, even though they're part of the same company, they like to differentiate themselves as, ooh, we are very special. Of course. But come on, when you sit in this car, the, 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 the level of luxury in this car is already superb, you know? But of course, Rolls-Royce can do another level up. Now, in terms of driving technology, driving feel, now, every electric car is fast. We know that, okay? Yeah. Let's not kid ourselves. So, I didn't want to talk so much about the, 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 the speed and all because it is fast. It is powerful. It's got good power delivery despite its, its huge size. It's got good power delivery. It feels very refined. It rides beautifully on our uneven surfaces because of the, the fantastic suspension system. Mm. So it's got 544 horsepower, 745 newton meters of torque, 0 to 100 acceleration is 4.7 seconds, which is ridiculous because of the size of this vehicle, yeah. you know? And it's sheer weight because it's, it's big. Top speed is 240 kilometers an hour. Going up to 110, 120, you can already feel that, you know, you're just, you're just at the tip of the iceberg of this power, power delivery. Driving range max is 630 kilometers. Uh, I think realistically, 550 to 580 is not a problem. Okay. Right. Ch charging time with AC takes about, you know, one and a half hours. With DC, uh, the full charge will take about 50 minutes. Selling price, 729,000 ringgit. Okay. If you think about it, I know some people say, you know, it doesn't make any sense for you to compare, but I want to compare this against 
the Rolls Royce. The Rolls Royce is almost three times more expensive, even without duty. You know. Mm. So I can understand the person buying the Rolls Royce will not look at this car. Nothing. No way. I'm not going to consider this car at all because why? I'm a Rolls Royce owner. But for the person buying this car for seven hundred and twenty-nine thousand, hey, you're getting something very close to a Rolls Royce, you know. Yeah, actually, when you put it that way, yes. and obviously they 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 are two different characters. Yes, you know, like you get into this car. I give you an example: the rear seat. Why why I say it has to be chauffeur driven? Because why? When you sit in front, okay, whether you're sitting in front of this car or the BMW iX SUV electric or you know any of the other BMWs, it's nice, it's comfortable. It's got like I said, the quality is great. You got that nice long. You know, twelve point three inch uh, information display, fully digital. Um, you got a control display next to it at fourteen point nine inches, so it's like one long flat screen TV. You know, mm. with all kinds of information. Clarity is fantastic and all that. That's fine. But when you get to the back of the vehicle, when you sit at the back, when you lounge in the two individual seats, which are electric powered, um, there's a little button you press, and immediately the blinds at the back go up. You know, the window blinds. Wow. That one button you press, the window blinds go up electrically. The window blinds on the side, on your on your doors. That means only for the rear passenger, right? Yeah. They go up at the same time, and from the roof, from inside the cabin roof, a screen folds down. Whew. A thirty-one point three inch theater screen. So that means you straight away get that cinematic expression. This is why this huge screen comes down. It's slightly curved. You've got that blinds going up, so you got that you know that cozy feeling. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And you can watch a movie. I mean, you want to watch the news or whatever, like you know. When you're chauffeur driven, this is how you enjoy this vehicle. Yeah. You know? You got Bowers and Wilkins uh, surround sound system to entertain your earbuds. You know. Wow. So it's quite amazing. Now, when I sat at the back, of course, you know, I wasn't watching a movie. Uh, I was just thinking to myself, you know, uh, say someone you know who goes to work. A big shot. It goes to you know, to his office in the morning, and he has to brave the the morning traffic jam, half an hour, forty five minutes. Why not? It's an it's a wonderful experience because right. why you're being driven and you got this whole experience behind you. Forty five minutes in traffic, you can listen to an episode of Cruise Control. Yes, a exactly. Full show. You got that right. <laughs> From it, door with Bowers and Wilkinson, you know, delivering our sound. That is going to be really, really lush. Um, how fast did you go in this car? Like I said, I just went about one ten, one twenty. But you know, getting from zero to one ten, one twenty was fast. I mean, really fast. Mm. Uh, very smooth delivery. You know, of course, like in any electric car, you know, the, the delivery is it's just instant. You know, it's all great handling. Very comfortable. When you test drive a vehicle like this, you're not talking about going fast around the corner. You're not thinking about you know, oh, can I can I weave in and out of traffic? It's a big luxury vehicle. You're supposed to you know. Feel soothing driving experience, so you're not rushing anywhere. Automatically, we start driving slower than we normally do because why? We just want to enjoy the whole experience, you know. Yeah. Even from the driver's seat, and you know, it's so well padded. You and because there's no engine sound coming, you hardly hear anything, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, also, I can't imagine somebody in this car rushing anywhere. Exactly, there's no reason to rush unless you're you know late for a hot date, like you know, because this is the kind of car you want to be in. Uh, in a car in this size with this uh, kind of capabilities, there's only a few rivals out there, right? Well, uh, you might say a few, but there are actually you know enough enough to to you know, to persuade people to go in a few different directions. Of course, you got you know the grey import who bring in a lot of luxury cars at below one million ringgit, so they might be thinking about it. But the most obvious rival will be the Mercedes EQS 500. Okay, yeah. 
Now, the EQS 500, when it first arrived, was about 700,000 ringgit. It was fully imported. Now, it's local assembled. Mercedes was the first to do electric car local assembly in Pekan. You know, they've moved the game up and, and shown the government that they're fully committed. So, that is now 648,000 ringgit. Ooh, okay. Because of local assembly, mm. you know? Mm. So... Okay, quite a bit of difference in terms of price. But you know, the Mercedes-Benz buyer will not look at this car. The BMW driver or buyer will never look at a Mercedes. The brand presence uh, is very strong with individuals. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So there we have it. The BMW i7, uh, the latest 7 Series, now comes in a very luxurious sedan electric vehicle priced at 729,000 ringgit. Out there, you can go and check it out. Thank you, Daniel, for this very illuminating review of this car. Most welcome. Thank you. I think that neatly rounds off our episode for tonight. If you missed any part of the show, you can check out the podcast, which I recommend checking out on our BFM app or our website, www.bfm.my. Signing off for this week, I'm Ali Johan. Together with Daniel Fernandez, this has been Cruise Control BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.